4 p.m. on a Sunday. You're listening to The Beat on BFF.FM. My name is Nick Powell. Uh, Great show lined up for you today. Got jams on the agenda. We've also got a big episode of Beat the Game. Our video game discussion show will be beginning at 4.30. We'll be talking about the computer that I built uh, in the last couple days, which I'm super, super proud of. 
Uh, and by built, I mean, you know, I screwed it together. But it was a cool process. Forrest, my co-host, knows a lot more about that stuff than I do uh, and helped me through the process. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some new games that are coming out in the new year. Um, and we'll be talking Transparent on Artbeat at 5.30 with Lily. Uh, until then, uh, we've got Jams, uh, the aforementioned. And... Um, that started off with a song by the band Cocktails. The song is called OK, a uh, local band. I like. I got that record sort of when it came out, and I was like, eh, it sort of sounds like a Beach Boys record. But uh, I don't know. Over the last, like, I kind of put it away for a while, and then I started listening to it again uh, over the last couple of months, and I realized that it is just such a solid record. A lot of great lyrics, great song ideas. Um, good stuff. So I kind of uh, am doing my penance with that record right now by uh, getting back, uh, going, giving it the serious listen that it deserved all along. Uh, speaking of uh, deserving bands, a uh, band called uh, that I still haven't figured out that much about, but um, I just started listening to. Came in the station here uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, and I just fell in love with immediately. The band's called Rat Boys, not a particularly auspicious name. Uh, and I just bought their record. I just mail ordered their record today. I was really excited. I got. I went online and I was like, oh, I got. I got to get this record. If it exists, I don't even know if it came out on on vinyl record, but it did. And you know, I don't know how much you believe these people with their marketing efforts, but it did say two copies left, and I was like, ba bam. It was $13, which is a reason far for, it was such a reasonable price that I even tipped them because it was one of those like pay what you want things. So I even tipped them and paid 15. Uh, but uh, uh, a sensible price for uh, sensible music. Um, this is I, from what I've gathered there. Oh, and also on the label, the, the label called Top Shelf Records, which I was looking through the catalog like total emo label put out a bunch of braid records put out like a velvet teen record uh a bunch of other, i mean even the velvet teen i don't think of it as like an emo band but like but they're close but they but they get even further down into the into the emo territory um which is not my favorite kind of music but uh but anyway so again i gotta look up this band and figure out maybe they're used to be in their people used to be in emo bands back when emo was cool but anyway from what i've gathered this is their most popular song um but there's a few good ones that i've been playing lately and uh just excited about this band and uh this song's called charles bernstein you're listening to the beat on bff.fm thank you for tuning in
Soap up will kiss you till your eyes are rolling back in your head. You read my mind, but you found out. White as the sky, you know you blew it all out and over. I don't even know my own name. You sent me the Your way. I'm tired of setting my table for one. Yeah, it gets so lonely. Sugar makes me forgetful. I'm with you, I get a head full. I'm with you, yeah, I'm with everyone. You in my mind, but you found out. White as the sky, you know, you blew it all out and over. Don't even know my own name I don't even 
All right, we are, oh God. Little Mega Man music there for you. I didn't realize it was gonna come in so thick. Uh, speaking of which, we are getting ready for Beat the Game, which will be on in just a moment. Forrest is in the studio. We are debriefing on my big computer build, which we will, I'm sure, uh, cover. Jesus, this is annoying music. Um, that was Good Morning Before My Ears Explode. Um, before that, all right, this is just going off. Uh, Archie Powell on the Exports, um, Everything's Cool. Archie Power and the Esports have an album called called Great Ideas in Action, which I got really into and have played a bunch. Uh, and when I bought it, I bought all of their albums, which are three or four, I think three. Uh, and I haven't been able to kind of. I've only, you know, I've sort of. It's taken me a while to get into the other couple, just because I think it was Great Ideas in Action is so good that I just played over and over again. Uh, anyway, that is one of the first one of the first uh, tracks that I've gotten into off of one of the other records. It's called Back in Black. Uh, the song is called Everything's Cool. Before that, The Push Kings, Hello, I Don't Even Know My Own Name, off of their maybe a joke band record, uh, Feel No Fade. I was listening to that in the car earlier, and my wife said, this song is really cheesy. And I was like, yeah, they're kind of kidding, but like they're really cheesy on all their records, but that one record, they're like so cheesy that you're like, is this a joke or I don't know. Anyway, um, my favorite line from that song is, uh, and when I kiss you, no, no, no. How does it go? Something, something, something. I want to soap opera kiss you till your eyes are rolling back in your head. Uh, before that, the Lemonheads. When are they kidding? I don't know. Uh, I'll do it anyway. And Rap Boys started us off with Charles Bernstein. Steen. Uh, my new favorite Guster song is called Amsterdam. We'll be back in a few with Beat the Game. Stay tuned. Uh, you're listening to The Beat on BFF.FM.
Broadcasting live from high above Cap Street in San Francisco, California. It is Beat the Game. Beat the Game. On BFF.FM. Welcome to the show. Hey, Forrest. Hey, Nick. What's up, man? How was your holiday? Pretty good. We had Pretty two good. weeks. We had a week off last week. Took the whole show off, which is not, you know, I mean, as you know, people who know me know I have a very good work ethic. You're committed. You're you're getting things done. Yeah. Um, but I just, just laid it out. Yes, I had a tea time, you know, 1230. There was no way I was going to be here by four. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyway, were you in, were you did you go back to pilgrimage to Boston or something? We did. So, uh, Cosmic Amanda, she of the radio station management role, uh, is from Salem, Massachusetts, and mm-hmm. we went back to visit. It was nice. It was weirdly warm there. It was like forty degrees, yeah, forty East fifty Coast here, had, and then it was yeah. seventy degrees in Boston. So yeah, East Coast had a warm summer. It I was, was completely improperly packed. Which oh, drives right. me crazy. You know, this cool North Face jacket that I'm wearing right now, I own because I went to Portland last November and I like brought like a cool sweater. <laughs> and like, yeah. we were only going for a weekend and I just didn't, I don't know, I hadn't been in Portland a long time. And uh, I brought like a, you know, a sweater. And I was like walking down the street just being like, oh my God. And uh, I just walked past North Face store and I was like, I am going inside of this store. <laughs> I need to solve this problem with money immediately. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I've been there. Um, cool. Well, so for my holidays, since you asked, I uh, came back from, we did a thing at, um, at my wife's, uh, my in-law's house where we picked one gift where each, with each person got. Oh, which we haven't talked about. This will be another topic that we can talk about on the show. Uh, so um, you, you, everyone sort of, it was like a Secret Santa situation. Yeah. But basically that is also like a, you don't get a lot of presents situation. Yeah. So what I did is um, I figured out a little back door around that where after Christmas I just drove to Fry's and spent like over $1,000 buying myself a computer. That sounds appropriate. Yeah, so it was kind of a great, it was like a best of both worlds sort of scenario. Um, you got to kind of under-commercialized, you know, Christmas where you all sort of feel like, and then also like you, there's the huge efficiency gain of buying yourself a presents. Yeah, yeah. so my wife's family also did, they call it a Yankee swap on the East Coast. I don't know if they call it that here, maybe just white elephant we call it a navajo swap navajo swap uh and so both my wife and her brother told me that i'm impossible to buy for because i just buy what i want when i want it because i'm an adult now and i can do that um but apparently that's what i do when i make mcdonald's by the way i get a big mac and a six-piece chicken because i'm like i'm a i'm a freaking grown-up oh man we uh we watched the with uh bob and david the mr show that's only on netflix and they're oh really i haven't checked any of that out it's mildly entertaining it makes you wish for more if you were a big fan of mr show i'm not like i love those guys i'm not the biggest uh, Mr. Show guy. Yeah, I actually um, have seen the movie uh, with the hockey character on it, or the redneck character on it, like maybe twice. Huh. R- Roddy, you know that 
No. R- Rotten Roddy or whatever. It is. <laughs> well, now I'm not sounding like a pro. But anyway, but yeah, anyway, but I'm but I'm a huge fan of yeah. David Cross and Bob Kirk in general. Um, but they had a really good line that was, uh, if if you want to eat like a money with ba- like a baby with money, go to you know whatever made up restaurant it was. But that's such a perfect metaphor for most of my eating habits. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I eat like I hate myself, and I'm trying to kill myself through my mouth. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, good digression. Right. Um, so anyway, so 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 oh, so the one thing that I did get, which I haven't told you yet, is so I was like, the, the other thing is you have to give them something they can just get you immediately without mm-hmm. a lot of work, or else you're like the dick. Yeah. Um, and you risk getting the wrong thing as your one Christmas present, which just immediately ruins, unilaterally ruins Christmas. So I got a steam controller. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's it was super cool. $100 limit. You know, I was yeah. like, this is easy. They can't screw it up because as far as I know, there's one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, you can't give me correct. the wrong one. Um, so I plugged it in for a second. Well, maybe if we get to talking about Fallout, we I can would get to this. I would love to play with that thing because I've heard that it's really cool, but it's also hard to wrap your head around it yeah so it's been what i would characterize generally as a pain in the ass so far but i have not (laughs) given it much work um all right so let's start by first of all me thanking you for guiding me through building myself a computer yeah i mean uh i sent forrest an email like like a couple of weeks ago where i was like hey i just found this online how does this look and he was like that's from october (laughs) (laughs) is this the dark ages so you sent me like a bunch of builds and i used your bill one of your builds i only had to make a couple of slight modifications and um you know for availability and such and yeah i think for the most part you know um the conversation we had last time was really good. You know, basically just shoot for the best video card that isn't ridiculously overpriced. For example, I could have told you to go out and get like, uh, you know, titanium black, which is like an $800 video card that you would right. never use. I mean, In terms I don't, of you I mean, even think you need the capacity. I yeah. would ever use that. Maybe yeah. like five years from now when they make the games that much more complicated and right you know people's skin is fully translucent or whatever crazy effect they have to turn on but uh yeah just shoot to spend you know a decent proportion of it on yeah, graphics so I think I and spent the like rest of it just kind of follows from there or something like that yeah. 350 something like that on the graphics card i actually realized so one thing that's confusing about these things right is that they're and i knew this going in but it still kind of tripped me up there's the the like a video card and i I'm trying to think of what else this applies to. There's the person, there's the company that makes the guts, and then there's the company that makes like sort of the oh, that manufactures yeah. it, right? So that with the, makes the video cards, it's like the NVIDIA processor in the EVGA right. graphics yeah. card. Yeah. So I ended up buying EVGA without really noticing because I saw GeForce, yeah, G E F O R C E, and I was like, oh yeah, that's the one it says in the thing. But that, I think, was NVIDIA branding. Yeah, that's So, NVIDIA. in other words, like, if you see the GeForce, you see the brand name, you think you're like, oh, okay, this is not only is this NVIDIA 970, but this is also GeForce, which is the one that I'm trying to get. But that's all NVIDIA. And so, I may have, EVGA may have gotten a windfall from my purchase. <laughs> oh, they're a good brand. They're a good brand. Yeah. Uh, MSI, GeForce, um, I just said GeForce, uh, MSI, EVGA, uh, there's another one that's like about the same level i generally buy evga yeah just because they're reasonably cheap 
they're not always the one that's like the crazy fastest or at least they may have that model that happens to be the fastest at the time but they're generally like in the top you know 25 percent right right cool well actually i didn't i didn't totally blow it there um i uh yeah, I mean, we don't have to go through every single part, but um, we, got I, you then, a, we got you a quad core Intel, right. which I think will be good for uh, doing Twitch. Right, right. Oh, and I've been on Twitch. It's the, my Twitch experience is vastly improved. The only <laughs> thing great. that is still glitchy is that nobody's watching what my stream. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I yeah. Well, I think... we may need to put a DVD burner in your uh-huh. computer, and that will help get more. And then people... I can send it to my mom and yeah. ask her to watch. Mm-hmm. Your me grandma play could, could see it on the internet. <laughs> that sounds good. By the way, if you are listening to this and you have a Twitch account, it is incumbent upon you to follow me on Twitch. My username is Avocado Expert, spelled like it sounds. Anyway, no spaces, no punctuation, no nothing. Um, okay, but yes, no, so that, so yeah, so processor speed, yeah, which is good to think about, right, because there's plenty of literature out there about what's the best gaming computer, less about what's the best streaming computer, so it's, I think, I think that it's pretty much, conventional wisdom is that you will never hit the processor by playing video games, like the limits of the processor. You're really all about the video card. Once you break streaming into it, I don't know that that changes, but there's definitely a chance that you'll be working on more processor speed, right? Yeah, so the graphics cards do help with that, um, but mainly in rescaling the video to show you the picture-in-picture if you have that turned on. Mm -hmm. Mostly it's a processor, or you could have a specialized capture card. Some of the articles I read were so old, they were like six years old, and they were saying, for streaming, you should actually buy a capture card or even a whole separate computer to do the encoding to stream it up to the internet. But, right. you know, obviously Twitch couldn't exist if everyone had to everyone have two, had computers, to have two computers to yeah. use it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think the extra processor is definitely going to help you or putting more money into the processor is going to help right. you there. Um, well, and, and that was sort of what well, was on the build anyway. Yeah. But the idea is that usually the processor is overkill yeah. in, in these kind of computers. Yeah, because, usually like, we'd be talking like a three core Intel um, or you know, the hex core AMD, which is equivalent because Intel's got the hyper threading. Um, or we'd be talking like a, you know, one point something gigahertz processor as opposed to the 2.4 I, I recommended you get. Right. Okay. You lost me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, so um, I want to know actually, rather yeah. than talking about all these crazy details, because they'll be, you know, as I alluded, they'll be totally irrelevant in the next six months. Uh, what was the experience like? It was empowering. You know, I, I wasn't even, I was surprised that um, I had, I talked to you as much as I did. Usually, you know, when I help someone build a computer, they're like, okay, Saturday we're going to do it and you're going to hold my hand while we right, walk down right, the right. aisle and you know, you're like, you're going to help me put the things in the cart and then we're going to unwrap everything together and you're going to ask which ones we should unwrap first right, and all right, that right. stuff. No, I was, it was great. I, I, there was a video, um, by the folks at new egg. Um, it, it had, uh, how to build, it was attached to one of those articles that you sent me. It had, uh, it had two builds in it an Intel build and an AMD build. Um, so the entire, there was a, it was like a two part video, but I only had to watch like the first hour of the video basically. Oh. And I was able to skip the first 20, 30 minutes. Cause they were just sort of talking about sort of generalities. 
Um, and like sort of what to buy and stuff yeah. like that. And I had already been, I was back from the store, so that ship had sailed. Um, and, uh, and so I just watched the, the video and I, you know, I sometimes I had to stop it. I got stuck once or twice. I got stuck on the, um, you know, you had, you had you know, like one fun part is where you turn it on by putting the screwdriver on the little two pins. Oh, no. Okay, you know? yeah. Yeah, and it took me a while to find the right pins, so I kept on doing it and being like, fuck something up. <laughs> and then uh, and then I was like, wait, wait, wait. No, no, never mind. It's these pins. And then I'd do those pins and nothing would happen. I'd be like, I fucked it up. Something's wrong. <laughs> um, so, uh, but uh, generally, it was a pretty straightforward process. I'm also very nervous because I'm a really clumsy guy and I didn't want to break like $300 piece of equipment um, or drop the processor on my rug that's full of uh you know hair and uh whatever other impurities but um it was a pretty it was a pretty smooth process it really is assembly it's not building yeah i mean you know and um um, but it's just it was empowering it was also just very cool now i know what's inside of a computer it's not that much stuff um and you know sort of what everything you want it's like they make a lot of sense like like power supply like i get it yeah. like you know what i mean like this is the processor like this is the fan that goes on the processor and like i you know what i mean like i understand why computers look the way they do now i understand what yeah. a motherboard is like i that's you know, cool so, that's cool um so that was a great that was really fun and not like uh too um harrowing of a process and it booted right up and it works like a real computer now. Yeah, you sent me a text that was a picture of the boot screen. And I was going to use that for the show, yeah. You started typing something like you were super nervous, and then you're like, oh, it's moving, never mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What was that? Uh, uh, the boot... Oh, right, because, like, uh, it was... Windows it takes, was saying, like... Yeah, it was, just, it was just this... It was just the window. It was just a window with no text, and I was like, it's just going to freeze like this, yeah. and then I'm going to be bummed. But uh, but then it moved um, and uh, and it was just like opening uh, you know it, it, you can definitely see a little further inside of it you know yeah. like than you can when you're when you buy a brand new computer in the store like you don't open it up and it goes willkommen you know <laughs> yeah. bienvenidos but uh, but it it really is pretty much the same process um, yeah did you go with Windows eight or Windows 10? 10. 10. Uh, you know do you like it so far? Well, so I already had 10 on my old computer. Okay. Um, by the way, if anyone would like to buy an Asus like $500 computer for $300, <laughs> hit me up. Um, it's got Windows 10 installed, ready to go, um, so that you're saving money already. It can um, actually play video games because we played video games on it over at your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I know that some people like are taking their time upgrading, but for me, by the time that like they'll have all the bugs fixed by the time I care anyway you know what I mean it's just like I'm not on enough of a cycle where and I've of course never had problems I mean mostly I just play Hearthstone and some other you know and some like some simple games that I just want to check out so yeah I'm I'm generally forced to upgrade pretty quickly just because of DirectX so the only reason I even have a Windows box anymore is well I used to work on a Mac in my office but now that's a Windows box as well but it's all about the gaming, man. Um, so uh, I, I moved to Windows 10 pretty quickly just in preparation for DirectX 12 now, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and I surprisingly love it. Yeah. I liked Windows 7. I liked XP a lot. I liked Windows 7 pretty good. I'm a Vista guy myself. 8 was garbage. Vista <laughs> was garbage. Um, but the funny thing yeah. is, like, once I got used to 8, then like all the stuff in Windows 10 was just like oh 
this has got like less of the confusing now i have to go to a corner stuff right but it still has all the nice things where you just hit the start menu and just start yeah, typing whatever fact, you want i think when like when i installed so i think when i got my asus laptop or the uh, desktop that i'm trying to sell uh to you a uh, listener right now um <laughs> I think it had eight, but it was like one of those things where you buy it and it, they'll give it you the just ten. Freely you know? up, yeah. And so when I upgraded, I think they even had like a thing where it was like, start menus back, like rejoice. <laughs> like, you know, we're yeah. sorry. We trained you to d- hit this button for the last ten years. Yeah. And, and then we, we took it away from you. That was because a bad we, idea to just suddenly yeah, remove it. Because we so anyway, so yeah, no, it is nice having the start menu back. Um yeah, well, I mean, we can talk about operating systems forever, but yeah. we're already pretty far afield. Um, so, yeah, in terms of testing it out, and then, of course, the thing, the other thing, right, with is tough is, like, I've never had a high-powered gaming computer before, uh, and I don't play a lot of, like, real high, you know, I don't play a lot of console games, I don't play a lot of, like, real high-intensity, you know, uh, processing speed graphics uh, uh, intensive games, so I kind of don't know what I'm looking for right so i booted up wolfenstein right and i think we were just talking about this i think i think i what i was playing was the old blood which is the second to penultimate one the new order was the new one because i want to play them in order they they seem actually and we can talk more about this uh like really great games and i'm excited about them they have a quality that sort of i think may bear on some of our discussions about what we do and don't like in like story in terms of story um in video games but um I booted it up and, uh, you know, so I had tried to play it on my old computer and it was just unplayable. Mm. Like the, like the, the audio was like 17 seconds behind the video. Oh, you know, the guy yeah. would like turn to you in the plane and be like, blah, 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 blah. And then like 15 seconds later, he'd be like, you got to get out of here. You're about to die. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so now of course I'm playing it and it's like, all seems to be good, but you know, a loading screen like takes a second and I'm like, wait. Is the video card even working? Am I yeah, just, am yeah. I like, have I, have, have I bypassed straight through and like I'm not even <laughs> using this $300 video card that I bought? So, um, so I'm assuming it's working right. You'll have to come over and just say like, oh no, you're actually running this at like 8% of capacity because you fucked this X thing up. You know? What you might want to try to do is, uh, use GeForce experience. Mm-hmm. Um, they have this thing where they want to opt- optimize the video games so you get the best performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of one of those one-click actually gets you very close to what the right setting should be. Oh, cool. I um, will check that out. Is that like I just Google it? It's like Yeah, it comes with the drivers. If you don't go out of your way to just download the drivers, you actually get the whole NVIDIA experience. Gotcha. BS. But we, we can I can come over sometime and we can talk yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. GeForce experience. Well, that's good to know. Um, um, but right, so the anyway. reason why the loading screens are going so fast is you have Steam installed on your SSD. Right, right. But they still take one second. This is like, there's a great comedy bit I remember from. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's this co- the comedy bit that I really like where it goes, in the future, everything's going to be instant. <laughs> like, you want, a, you want a sandwich? Boom, it's there. You want, you know, a new car? Boom, it's just it's in your driveway. But the DMV is still going to take eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so, right. So anyway, let's not get into the SSD conversation. I got two hard drives, just didn't have a cable, so I got to plug in the other one. I so would anyway. actually, you know, you're going to have to keep like loading and unloading games, but I would suggest you keep as many of the games you play a lot on the SSD as uh, you so can So maybe I should to. just keep it on there. Uh, anyway. We'll I mean, get- my, my Steam account is on my SSD, but of course I wasted a bunch of money buying the biggest one I could because right. I knew I was going to do that. Right. Uh, how big is your SSD, bro? 
<laughs> it's uh i i bought a 512 and then i bought a four gig uh four terabyte hard drive okay fine um <laughs> how big is your ssd your ssd is five times the size of mine. um, um so, all right so so okay a few, so a few yeah. things we should talk about i actually got a cool christmas present i got an nvidia shield tv so if we do video game nights again we can play on my giant tv without having to move any cables or anything cool we would play i bought um the second part of that is the Steam Winter Sale is on right now. Uh, it is very easy to go out of control, but I went through my wish list that I've been accumulating over the course right. of the year and bought 20 games that were less than $2 each mm-hmm. so that I ended up spending like around 100 bucks. But um, I bought Sports Friends and a bunch of other local multiplayers mm-hmm. so we can... We can get together and jam. I've bought a few new ones that you uh, ha- that we haven't talked about yet, mm-hmm. so we could talk about those. Cool. But you should check out the winter sale. It's really good for collections. Um, if you want to buy just a bunch of games, you want you're just like I want to spend a hundred dollars and get yeah. every Star Wars game that was, that was ever released. That was like my first. That was my first thing that I bought. Really, like like you know, it's like nine months ago, and I bought. Um, and it was really it has gotten me it through like I mean I I still have tons of games yeah. I haven't yet played because it got me I bought whatever it was it was like a Bethesda thing or something yeah. and it got me the the both those Wolfenstein's right which I'm just starting to play it got me the Fallout series it got me Dishonored and then also like a bunch of like oh and Skyrim and then like a bunch of like Quakes and like Dooms that I've never touched <laughs> yeah. um, anyway so let's talk for a second about so. Uh, I let me just ask you. So you said you you started playing Fallout Four finally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to hear about that. One thing to in, to sort of preface uh, this conversation. Uh, one thing that I was really excited about with the Wolfenstein things and, it, game, and I knew that I was gonna like coming in because I'd seen some footage and I heard some discussion about these games. But I really love in those in those shooters and in those sort of war games when they have that element of sort of silliness or element of like, yeah. just like there's like sort of like a, they play with the form a little bit. Like, and it reminded me of, of the way uh, the first time I played Fallout 3, like you, you, you start playing that game and, and in fact, Fallout 3, right? It starts with the long sequence with the, um, where you're a baby and all this stuff. Right. Yeah. And I kind of like started playing it and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this game because it just seemed like it was too serious and too like yeah. over like expansive. But after that, I quickly learned that sort of the, um, the sort of world that they've created is just so much fun because it's kind of like, it's got all those elements of machismo and honor and, and like, war and 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 uh you know the war mentality and it's kind of exam an examination of all those things war never changes yeah. and all that stuff and all the different fighting you know the the different um groups of people and they're kind of you know it's sort of playing with all those tropes from action films over the years and stuff like that and wolfenstein is much the same way in that it's like 
it's almost like Inglorious Bastards. It's like it's yeah. like a, it's like yeah. Nazi killing as like a genre. Um, yeah so it's anyway. like the the guy who has absolutely no morals but that's okay because he's killing nazis like right. in any other situation this dude would be like a complete psychopath and we'd lock him up immediately the second he started walking around but he kills nazis so, so he's we're good cool. we're yeah cool with him. it works out he's um, a good guy actually yeah uh all right well so tell me how how is how's the big uh, fallout 4 experience I love it. Yeah. I spent way too much. I think, you know, I started playing it. I bought it the like I agonized over it. Um it was Wait, like you're 60. like this thing is going to re- revolutionize my life, but I feel like 50 is a better price than $60. Well, no, it was one of those like you're like I will spend $70 on a good steak, but I don't know if I can spend $60 on It was it was more of the like am I ready to have this consume my mm-hmm. life? Mm-hmm. Um because I I kind of knew that would happen. Cuz with New Vegas, man, I played that game for so long. Is that right? I so I've gotten because, you know, I played three and I got right through it and I was like really into it. New Vegas, I thought you had said you didn't play it that much. Maybe I was. Thinking, no, I didn't I play talking, three very much. I don't know uh, why. No, Maybe it was just yeah. the timing of when it came um, out or something. Because New Vegas, like I've got to the point where like I've gone to the casino and like gotten the figured out the whole like plot behind yeah. everything. And now I'm kind of like. I don't know. What am I going to do? Like go around, talk to every group of people and stuff like that. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mostly treat all the fallout games as like a dungeon crawl. Like, uh, you know, the main story, I guess like the recurring theme for me is like, I kind of just give the story as much, uh, as little attention as possible. And just right. like, I, think a lot I of actually like the all fallout the, games, though, the side quests. Like right. I love it in, Skyrim after a while I just got lost I didn't really care what the main thing was but I was like I have to make my town super big or you know I have to get my citadel to be the biggest um and uh you know I did the same thing in Saints Row like Grand Theft Auto I just like I like in those open world ones my goal my like win condition rather than like fulfilling the story or whatever is really more um that RPG kind of just leveling up the guy as quickly yeah, as possible right. or like having the biggest base. Like for me, um, so this fallout game is like one of the first is like the first game where there's a really like a base system, right? Yeah. But in the, in the previous ones you would build up relationships or you would build your, like you would fill in your perks and your, right. Your special attributes. Or you just level up your gear. I mean, that's always a big part of these is like uh, Borderlands is the same way. It's really just a loot. I started loot playing that, by the way. Um, but I started playing one, which, yeah, we talked yeah, about this. Yeah, one's anyway. pretty good. It's not, I mean, the problem is too, like a lot of the, just like any other art form, a lot of it's evolved and video games are so young, they're evolving so quickly that like you go back and play something that's like even... 10 years old now i mean video yeah. games have been have only been around for like 30 years but you play something that's 10 years old and you're just like why are you making me do this like this this is okay yeah this makes it difficult but it's really just more tedious it's right, not right. actually challenging yeah, yeah. Um, um anyway so but i know i but i always I, I guess i was just reacting to the base thing specifically because yeah building, that's I know that's brand new thing. uh some of the things that have been interesting to me after playing skyrim is how much of the engine is the same between mm-hmm. the two i mean they're both by the same producer and everything but yeah 
Um, there's clear parallels between like there's a weapons table that you craft your mm-hmm. weapons at, and there's a armor table that you craft your armor at, and like it's that same idea of like build up your base so that you can get other things. It was nice to see though, and I you know I I would never really play the game that way, but it was interesting to see that you could actually beat the game or even you know enjoy playing through the game as like a solo character without really building up the Mm -hmm. base or anything um the stuff that i've done is really just xp grinding Mm -hmm. so far uh but i've been moving pretty quickly all things i think i'm moving faster than the game wants me to (laughs) uh Um, i was uh, there's some i was listening to somebody talking about it and was like they were comparing whether they'd been to the Diamond City yet or something like that. Yeah, so that's one of the big reveals. Um, you get to sort of the last bastion. It's set in Boston, which is not a surprise. They'd been talking about that forever. But I guess, you know, possible spoilers ahead. Um, the The biggest city is, is called Diamond City mm-hmm. uh, in the center of Boston. Gotcha. Um, and if you see the icon, you'll immediately know what the reveal is. But uh, yeah. And then the second part is there's a new enemy. So a lot of the enemies right. are this common to the Fallout thing. Yeah. thing. The um, super mutants are, are the same and the raiders are the same. And a lot of the chems are the same, although there's a few new chems, which is kind of cool. Um, and ones are the chems? Uh, like Jet and Radex. Oh, and... I thought you meant a enemy kind. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I'm just talking in general. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The weapons are pretty much the same, but there's like a brand new type of enemy. There's a brand new class of weapons that they carry and okay. stuff. So that's kind of interesting too. The enemies, like... or the, I mean, the weapon stuff seems like to me has always seemed like there's too many already. Yeah. You know, like there's too many, like I don't even well, care about half the, you know what I mean? Like you just have to write off entire classes of weapons because you're never going to carry. Like well, you, yeah, That's by design could, though. I mean, I guess the idea is that you're going to focus on one. Yeah. The idea is that you'll, you'll like make the character that's really good at like, you know, bullets yeah. or really good at lasers or really good at, you know, running in with an ax and trying to chop everyone up. Yeah. Um, I mean, Laser seems like it's for tryhards. I'm a bullets guy. Yeah, um, I'm a I'm a sneak around, snipe people. Oh right, sneakers. I hate sneakers. That's why I can't play Dishonored. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like all those games, because they, because you have to, kind of swallow some really basic instincts that people have. They always make the mathematics tilt so hard towards, like favoring stealth that right, like. Right, right. I basically am still the charge in, but I'm like, okay, like make sure you're crouched, like, you know, right. turn on the chameleon potion or whatever. And then, okay, now let's just kill now everybody. Just kill everyone. Um, all right, cool. Well, um, let's see. Let's just, I guess the last thing to talk about, what is this? This is the new year. What are the big, and I've got this brand new computer to, that I need to just give it to, to run through the paces like what is i feel like we just had like a huge dump right yeah uh, so, so so to speak uh i don't know that there's anything coming up in sort of the spring or late winter to pay attention to uh xcom is coming out xcom 2 which looks incredible if you like xcom at all um xcom as with so many things xcom 2 is like the sixth game in the series mm-hmm. because they rebooted it 
just like Wolfenstein. Um, there's a new Tomb Raider coming out, which should uh-huh. be good. I'm trying to think. I know there are at least two others that I have like on my Steam wish list because I'll, I knew I'd forget. Yeah. Um, definitely keep your eye out. You should. You probably won't be terribly good at it. Maybe you will. I'm not terribly good at them, but uh, you should buy a like a Call of Duty or a Battlefield mm-hmm. and just play it because you have the machine now to like really <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like give you a fair playing field. So the problem with those is like even the difference between like 60 frames per second and 50 frames per second can mean that you're right, dead right. because so like those are really the games where the people buy these incredible systems and right, then right. like drink Joel Cola all day to like keep their Twitch up. They still make Joel Cola? I think so. <laughs> all right man well thanks for joining me uh we have a couple of jams lined up i'm looking forward to a uh a productive year of discussing video games with yeah you. yeah um and then we'll be back with artbeat in uh you know 20 30 minutes um this is a band that uh i think uh they are out on the father daughter records label I just saw this father-daughter poster over here. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, they're a good friend of the station. Yeah, they're and they're, they put out a bunch of stuff that I really like. They put out that Cocktails record, which is mm. great. I was talking about that earlier today. They put out a band called Joyride, who... I actually like their other record better, but, uh, but they put out one of their records, kind of like a punk... Female-fronted punk band in the vein of, like... Um, Waxahachi and a lot of that uh, yeah. Bloomington stuff that's been uh, that was uh, big in the 90s anyway this is a band uh, that's kind of on a different tip but uh, I also really like so uh, you know a varied and um, exciting catalog from those guys this song is called New Villain uh, by the band Never Young you're listening to The Beat on BFF.FM
Troubled Hubble on BFF.FM. Song is called 14,000 Things to Be Happy About. Before that, uh, Nothing Painted Blue, Modern Again. Uh, Toys That Kill did Amphetamine Street. I was actually thinking, I, I always think of themed type of shows, but then I never do them because. I don't know, it just seems like too clever by half to be like, they're all the songs are about the same thing. It's raining today, so all the songs are about rain. Uh, but um, but so I was having one of those ideas that I quickly swatted out of my head, and uh, I was like, oh, it's New Year's. I want to play like uh, like most positive songs. I'll play like that, like Lucky Day by Smoking Popes. I'll play King of All of the World by um, by uh, the old 97s. And then I was like, 
I was kind of like that thought was popping around in my head and for some reason I thought of that song I was like yeah I'll play that Toys of Kill song Amphetamine Street and I was like how is that and then like the chorus of that song is when a scream meets a sound I don't know why that song just seems like a New Year's jam to me uh, before that uh, Needles Pins did Out of This Place uh, and we started out with Never Young we'll uh, be bringing in uh, Artbeat our uh, weekly art and pop culture discussion segment at 5.30 we're going to be discussing Transparent your favorite show with Jeffrey Tambor on it uh, not counting the Larry Sanders show and until then uh, just stay tuned Uh, this is a song by the band The Wave Pictures off of their new record Uh, This one is called We Fell Asleep in the Blue Tent. You're listening to The Beat on BFF.FM. In the living room I could hear music rising up from the streets And I held one of your perfect ankles in my hand Grasshoppers creaking in the summer night Moths all dancing underneath the street light Kids drinking cider in the shadows in your shoes I was waiting to hear from you Paracetamol pineapple juice and that first cigarette We sat way up front of the bus near the driver in the blazing sun We swayed between barrels of beer in the cellar in the summer Danced in the gravel that snaked up to your parents' place I saw your handwriting written on everything and I liked it Now you wake up with ash in your shoes I was waiting to hear from you Paracetamol, pineapple juice And that first cigarette You kept turning me inside out Like a Rubik's Cube Until you set me straight My picture looked good Sellotaped to your mirror And I wanted to know everything you knew We fell asleep in the blue tent In the living room I could hear music rising up from the street It was a humid evening But your neighbors were not screaming at each other for once Now you wake up with ash in your shoes I was waiting to hear from you Paracetamol, pineapple juice And that first cigarette Thank you. 
band drummer whispers, summer swept across the floorboards, followed by her autumn sisters. You're listening to Artbeat on BFF.FM. Well, some people try to pick up girls and get called assholes. It's never happened to Pablo Picasso. He could walk down your street, girls could not resist the stare, and so. Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. All right, welcome to the show. Today, Transparent is the Amazon series that has recently released its second season. The show stars Jeffrey Tambor as an elderly uh, father figure, a patriarch of a, a Los Angeles family, uh, who uh, late in life comes out as a, I guess, transsexual. Um, the movie, the show is widely, uh, was widely critically well received and uh, has um, 
recently uh, re- released its second season in the way that Amazon shows do all at once, uh, to no less uh, fanfare from the critical community. Uh, we uh, Joining me today, as always, is Lily Simonson, who hey. has recently caught up on the show uh, from the beginning, I believe, and we're going to sort of discuss not only the show, the creator, the context, etc. Etc. Lily... Hey, Welcome finally an introduction. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get a word in edgewise. I thought that was really good. No, that was really good. I know it's totally off the cuff. That I mean, was, that was great. I, it, yeah, it almost seemed scripted. Can't I believe mean, I basically you was, said critical acclaim, fanfare. Yeah, I was basically aping the podcast that I listened to, and like <laughs> I was like, that's how they would do this. Which one, Slate? Slate culture. Um, did you listen to their episode of tr- about Transparent? I'm sure I did, but it was probably a while ago. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so let's just start out. Tell me, since you just sort of got 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 it together, like what <laughs> what uh, what did you think of the show? Well, yeah, I've watched all of season one, and I'm about halfway through season two. Right, and, and I and I also have not finished season two. I think, which is I think great because you know, sort of, we're going to talk about the show in general as well as sort of what is. The you know the start yeah. of the second season. Yeah, so this is going to be um, uh, totally fascinating because I haven't yet formed a strong opinion on the show. <coughs> so yeah. this podcast is going to be like a journey in which I contemplate the show in real time. Great. And at the end, I'll tell you if I like uh, transparent or not or after down. our discussion. <laughs> That's my plan. Yeah, sounds great. No, there are things I really enjoy about it and things that I'm lukewarm. There's, you know, on a scale of Bill Murray, who, who we I talked hate, about yesterday and is is sort of two or last last time and is so is so it's like there's a certain on the noseness that makes you despise and revile him. Yeah. Honest. So him being a zero, ten being what have we talked about that I love on this show? Burning Man. <laughs> I have mixed feelings for, about Burning Man. I know, but you have mixed. Okay, feelings all right. Ten being Burning Man. Yeah, I'll let you know where on that scale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Transparent. So what did you? What, well, let's start with the positive. What did you like about it? Um. Well, I I think we've talked about this. Well, in the spirit, actually, our last episode we talked about. The Danish girl. I think that's right, yeah. So we're now rebranding as Transbeat. Right, but we've always sort of been Transbeat. We've always sort of been Transbeat. We're really focused on it these last couple episodes. Oh, and we, um, you know, one thing I liked about the show that uh, Kat, your lovely wife, pointed out about the Danish girl is in that movie, it was just presumed that because Lily came out as a woman she would then be attracted to men. Right. And that wasn't, like, addressed how how sexual identity and, sex, and sexual orientation are not totally connected. Like, right. they can be different. So I think it's cool that um, Mora's sexual orientation, it's not... Um, it's actually still a little ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that there's no assumptions made right. about Mora. And that's something that I like about it generally is it has this sort of slow pace where it's not there's not a ton of drama 
there's nothing huge. It's just really diving into like interpersonal relationships mm. and it like, doesn't sort of rush to resolve yeah stuff. yeah there's not like the t- typical sitcom formula happening and it really is this like almost like modernist fiction like wading through like minutiae mm-hmm. and just like nuanced emotions like nothing's oversimplified right. so that's something i really enjoy about mm. it what about you, Nick? What do you like well, about the show? So I watched the first season, uh, you know, a year ago. When or everybody else did. Yeah, you know, when real people did. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I loved it. I really did. And I kind of, you know, I went into it with a little bit of a preconceived thing where yeah. I was like, ah, shows like it's so like politically of the now, yeah. um, and like it sort of seemed pandery to me, right? You know. Right. Um, but then I watched it, you know, which is always a good, uh, good thing to do before you form opinions on things, um, or at least sometime in the in the process of forming opinions on things. Um, and I liked, yeah, I liked the way that it, you know, it was really a bigger show about a lot of different things. It wasn't right. really a show about this one character. Right. That it wasn't. It didn't center entirely around this character. I liked. There was a weird. There was a weirdness to it. Like yeah. there's. You know, the really unlikable characters, which right. is always like one of those things where, yeah, I don't know, it's like a stand-in for smart television. Yeah. But in this case, <laughs> That's like, true. yeah, but in this case, like, you know, I mean, I thought it was interesting, compelling. That you know, that's the whole that's the whole cliche, right? It's like trying to find make an unlikable character likable is like this challenge, and it was it was compelling, and and um, I especially like the uh, the sun. But mm-hmm. like just oh, who's just a fucking oh, piece of shit? Yeah, um, and I just He's love awful. him. And yeah, and he works as like a sort of like a suit in the music business, which yeah. is like such a perfect job for. And like he yeah. just, I love his how what a weasel he is. And um, and this is actually one of the things that I was interested to talk to you about. Um, one thing that I can go back and forth on is this sort of. This is kind of like a Wes Anderson thing, like the depiction of quirky, sensitive people oh, yeah. in works of art, where it's like, you know, like this is like a television show that's sort of a playing out of the certain, uh, the sort of proclivities uh, of people who make art and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and sometimes that can be, uh, what's the word, tiresome, uh, but... Um, in this case, it w- it's, I don't know, it was done in a way where it was, like, shocking, but also sort of realistic at the same time, where you were like, yeah, these people are awful, but right. it's kind of a great watching them live their awful lives. Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm veering into the liking it territory. Um, I think that... There are some characters on the show for me that are just too unlikable. Mm-hmm. Um, like Judith Light's character. Who's that? She's the mom. Oh, yeah? Oh, she's um, great. I know. Okay. But anyway. No, no, no. She's I mean, so... she, she seems like almost like one of the flatter characters to me. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. She, okay, so she's not unlikable in the way that... Um, the son is unlikable. Like she's the only person on the show who's not a jerk mm-hmm. and who's not like super self-centered. Um, but she's just so like 
uh, there's something grotesque about how like simpering and like scattered and sweet she is. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, yeah, she just yeah, she's too flat to me. Okay, it's interesting. Like besides Jeffrey Tambor, like the biggest celebrities on the show, her from Who's the Boss? She's from Who's the Boss? Uh, I mean, my wife would kill me if I didn't know that. So. <laughs> and then, and then the girl from. Uh, Slater Kitty in Portlandia is the friend oh, on the show. Oh, just for a minute. Yeah. She's uh, like, she's on there a lot. Yeah, a couple episodes. Yeah, and more in season two. Oh, okay. I and yeah. uh, and she reminds, there's this like style of acting that's becoming popular more in like the comedy world. Like it's happening on Master of None. Uh-huh. Which um, is Aziz Ansari's show, which and is like, also like it, a Netflix. Or yeah, it yeah. almost seems like the actors are trying to deliver their lines as though they're delivering a line. Uh huh. Yeah, I can definitely see that about um, what is her name, Carrie Brownstein. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's interesting, like and a... and I mean interesting too because when I saw her pop, I didn't know she was on the show, and when yeah. I saw her pop up on the show, and I instantly recognized her. Yeah. I watched I've watched plenty of Portlandia. It was sort of like, almost like, it's funny, we were just talking about the Brit Bill Murray Christmas special. It was like, it was like, is this just, am I just watching Friends Hangout? Like, yeah. or am I watching, which is right. not, I mean, I don't want to be like a, like, you know, overly negative or jump to conclusions yeah. just because she's like, uh, in a band and, right. and was, is on the hippest comedy show with the hippest comic, you know. Right, uh, right. But, but it was kind of, it just, there wasn't, it didn't seem like there was any real reason to have her on this show. Yeah. But anyway. But I mean, what about Gabby Hoffman, right? She's like a person. Who's Wait, around. who is she? <laughs> is she the older sister, Sarah? She's the youngest. Oh, yeah. Okay. The really weird sister. She is familiar. Yeah, yeah. What was she, where is she from? Well, so I, don't I actually know was just reading that she was, well, she's a child star, but okay. she also has been in a few things. And she, I was just reading that she got the role from someone seeing her on Louie. Oh. Uh, do you watch, have you watched the I have Louis? watched Louie. There's a, there's an episode where it's, it's one of the season premieres and he's just eating ice cream in a uh-huh. restaurant and his girlfriend comes and like, is like, are we, like what's going on with our relationship? And he just like won't break up with her and she has to like basically force him. <laughs> yeah. And he like yeah. won't do it. Anyway. Um, but anyway, she's. I love, that's so funny. I yeah. feel like that happens so much. What? Where people make you dump yourself. Right. They're too right. cowardly. Yeah. This was that. This was, yeah, this was that as like a set piece. But anyway. Um, right. So, so yeah. She's so some awesome. of the characters are flat, but those are minor characters. So yeah. come up with a better criticism than that. Okay. Well, let's move on from that since that was a poor point. No, no, no I'm saying come up. Yeah. Give me a better <laughs> criticism. Can well, we just... I would like to talk more about casting, specifically okay. the casting of Jeffrey Tambor, mm-hmm. uh, as because for those of us who know him from Arrested Development, like he does not cease to seem like Pop Pop, right? Arrested or yeah. George Bluth, yeah. Which I actually, after listening to Jill Holloway, the creator, her interview with Terry Gross. Mm-hmm. That became like a positive in the show for me, where I guess there was some backlash about having uh, Mora being played by an actor that was not trans. Right. Um, which I can see why that would be irritating and sort of maybe backwards thinking. Um, but the defense of that is that 
Jill Holloway wanted an actor that people knew as male so that her audience could mm. go through the could like identify with the journey of the other characters right. of like getting to know this person who you had perceived one way as a woman. Right. Um and so I think it's kind of cool that like he seems like pop pop from arrested. Right, right. Well no, and there is that element. I mean so I wanna kind of like point a little marker down that like I was reading an article, like I was just flipping through a couple articles today and saw that line come up again where I think that Jill Holloway goes into interviews and tells them that they have to ask her why George Blue why why Jeffrey Tambor isn't trans so that, that she can present her defense, which is very well thought out. But anyway, so we'll get to that. Um but um but uh I do think that's that it's true that there is something what, one of the dynamics that's going on in the show, right, is that everybody sort of thinks this is like a joke, uh-huh. you know, um, right. when, you know, this person who's really established mm-hmm. and really, um, you know, as a patriarch of a family, yeah. you know, then, like, announces this transition or this side of himself, um, and... Uh, and so there is definitely, we are able to kind of get a little bit of that sort of like uh, uh what's the word vicariously get a little bit of that feeling of that he's been a, a patriarch all our lives because yeah. of the history of Jeffrey Tambor on the other roles that he's played. Right, right. Um so so yeah, so I think and and you know, and Jeffrey Tambor to his credit has taken this all very seriously and yeah. you know, he makes a lot of he t- he spends a lot of time sort of whether it's lip service or not, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like stating his sort of you know, that he takes the role really seriously, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, there is something that, I guess the way that to sort of move from there to this, uh, the politics of the show, is there is something a little... Hmm. One thing I like about the show is mm-hmm. that it's a show first. Right. And a political act second. Yeah. But a lot of what I hear surrounding the show, even from Jill Holloway. Is yeah. That, did I just change? Yeah. I changed, changed her name in my head. Jill Soloway? No, I think it's Holloway. Okay. Um, That's what we've been saying. Got, so let's yeah. stick with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not Sobule, right? No. Okay. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so yeah, which even from her is like the surround, the talk surrounding the show is this incredibly intensely political, like yeah. where are we as a culture navigating this cultural object and, right. you know, coming to terms with this kind of this, this new sort of category that we are now, we've now moved on to after we got all the gay stuff sorted out or we, right. or so we think, <laughs> right. um, anyway, um, so anyway, so, so, you know, I think it's interesting. I, I, I really like the show because it just reads like a simple, like a, like a family drama. Yeah. It's also funny, like you, what you mentioned about the character, Judith Light's character, there's, and this, uh, struck me again. It didn't strike me as much in the first season. It struck me, especially in the season premiere of the second season where uh-huh. there they was like sort of a running joke about the photo. Uh-huh. The wedding photo right, right. was that there's a very sort of broad uh, Jewish stereotype peddling going on yeah. in the show, yeah. and it's like, oh ha ha, look at us, we're such, in, like, like, uh, like, 
what's the word, um, like uh, hopeless Jews about everything. Right. We, we like are neurotic and we are like, we, yeah. we can't make decisions and we no, 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 and we have these accents and we have these, you know, whatever. Right. And, um, and it's funny to have a show that's sort of like in, in, it's sort of presenting itself as like, oh, you know, like look at our incredibly well curated, well placed examination of this and delicate examination of this sensitive cultural yeah. categorization issue. Right. But also like, oh, ha ha. Um, you know, so anyway, right. interesting. I think it's, a, well, in the interview with Terry Gross, Jill was talking about, it's this, we should say it's autobiographical to some extent. Right, right. She had a parent that came out as trans when um, she was in her 70s in the Jill was in her 40s and so it's very much inspired by her family's story and they're Jewish so that's part of it but I think something interesting like an interesting tension in the show is the idea that um, that trans people of that generation have had to spend most of their lives hiding Mm -hmm. and that is something that doesn't come she Jill mentions that Jews are boundaryless, and that is like a stereotype that's commonly true among Jewish families is that things are out in the open a lot mm-hmm. and like everything is talked about. So it's like kind of more scandalous to hide this huge part of your identity from your family when mm. you like know everything else about each other whereas like a waspy family is like well of course you yeah, would hide that right 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 it's so like good, good it creates him. like a tension in the show yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so interesting. i think yeah i also think it's interesting one thing about um so we were just talking about the, ter- the terry gross interview before the show and there was a very interesting tension going on with oh, yeah. terry gross and uh jill holloway especially in this um where you were saying like oh you know the, there was a, sort of this talk about the singular they and they were sort of discussing it and then uh basically terry gross was just constantly screwing up the gender pronouns and then mm-hmm. uh, jill holloway uh was studiously correcting her and then terry gross would sort of laugh um yeah. and there's a couple things to say about that but one that i think is interesting in terms of this political treatment of uh you know and the sensitivity of all of these things is um, that uh, Jeffrey Tambor's character gets sort of laughed at yeah. on the show, yeah. which I think brings up this really interesting thought about, and we sort of talked about this a little bit about the Danish girl, and about this selfishness concept, uh-huh. which is uh-huh. like a really, really interesting, because it's kind of scary, right? like concept to talk about. In other words, are you sort of, is being transgender to be self-obsessed. And I don't, I would never say, I would never even pose that question as like, I'm going to give a yes or no answer to that question. I just mean that that is something that's like, that there is a worry about that perception that runs through a lot of this stuff. Um, And uh, yeah, so, so, and, and so I think that, and it's funny too. Oh yeah. You know, the other place that comes up is on girls. Uh I don't know if you've watched like the second or third season of girls where the, the dad sort of decides he's gay or something. Oh, right, And right. then everyone just laughs at him because yeah. it's like, no, you're not. You're just right. self-obsessed and you just want attention and you're bored with your life. Right, you know what I right. mean? And so, um, and, and, and that is like, 
on the one hand, like, I think it's great to talk about that or to like, to sort of run through that because it's like probably a common thing and, and yeah. something that, you know, it makes People sense deal to, to deal with. But at the same time, it's a little bit sensitive to yeah. like sort of treat someone who spend their entire life hiding yeah. or, and was probably risking being beat up or worse right. as well as destroying their family, being ostracized, being losing their job, being ostracized from society yeah. and then treated as like a, Oh ha ha. Right. And the same you way that it's be. like, Oh ha ha. We're Jewish. It's like, Oh ha ha. Like you're such, you're so self-obsessed that you've decided you want to be a frou-frou lady now. Right. Well, I think that, yeah, that very difficult concept is actually addressed really well in this show because that's like a conceit of the whole show. Show is like the kids are being set up as selfish, right? And as the show progresses, um, Mora does things that are like if they're through flashbacks. It's re- revealed that Mora's done some things that were like neglectful as a parent, mm-hmm. like they're. I don't know if this is a spoiler, but the whole thing around Ali's bat mitzvah mm-hmm. and Moira sort of, as her father back then, kind of almost coached her to cancel the bat mitzvah so that he, he was a then, he was a he then, could go to this cross-dressing camp. Mm-hmm. And so there's, I mean, there's always like a lot of, it, it's an interesting idea just exploring how as a any parent you keep your own life going and you know put certain needs of yours before your kids but Mm -hmm. put your kids first ultimately and so yeah i like the way that that's really interesting and i think a particular uh something that jill uh, that this create the creator is very interested in because this also comes up with the relationship between the sister the the daughter who begins the lesbian relationship and breaks up her marriage and then this also comes up um, I was reading a little bit about the uh, movie that this woman, Jill Holloway, had, did a uh-huh. couple of years ago called Afternoon Delight, which was fairly successful, like, indie movie. Oh, cool. And was about a woman who sort of takes a stripper slash sex worker that she meets uh-huh. under her wing and into her, like, suburban home. Uh-huh. And then it causes tension in her marriage and right. stuff. And this idea of sort of, like, I want to get like I am experiencing like desires to do things like, and yeah. explore things that do not comport with the way I've set up my life. Right. And now there's going to be a tension between that. Right. And that's of course like a really interesting trans issue because yeah. so many people, especially of older generations and you know, this came up again in talking yeah. about the Danish girl have set up their lives in a way that does not comport with, you know, right. what they, with their, the, the identity that they're sort of, Wow, working on one thing I wanted to ask about, and yeah. is before we go is so in the sec in the season premiere of the second season there is a I would say almost like non sequitur uh-huh. where there's a scene there's like a scene an image like oh. the scene changes yeah and the it's credits like, too it's like a it's like a historic. Uh, depiction of like a sort of like a European salon from yes. like a hundred years ago. Yeah. So kind of Versailles scene pops across the screen and everyone's dressed up in costume. Yeah. What did you think of that? And sort of does that kind of carry out through the season? And what, what does that mean? Yeah, I'm only partway through the season. I feel like it pops up in the credits for the second season too. Mm-hmm. There are all these family flashbacks, but then there are these weird historic 
flashbacks. The only thing I can think of, and I'm not an expert in like period costume, and I didn't pay attention to the language being spoken in that flashback or mm-hmm. that scene, but maybe it was like Weimar, mm-hmm. Germany. Yeah. That's what that's what and I what thought. would that what significance would that have? Um something related to just like this this time decades ago when progress was being made around mm-hmm. gender and identity mm-hmm. and then it was like immediately st- you know within the next decade stamped out by Nazis. Right. And then that somehow is related to like Judaism mm-hmm. in the show. Uh Judaism. And well, because Jews were also stamped out by Nazis. I don't right. know if you knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, I don't know. No, Lily. it wasn't a good. No, there's um, not a good connection there. Beyond no, no, no. That. But I think. Well, no, I think I think what I thought you were going to say yeah. is um, where it kind of gets into this thing of the pro of progress being made. Right. And oh. then this is like that's this is like kind of the show is sort of rooting itself in a historical context of these are like moments of progress. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, that's each, a better yeah. analysis. Anyway, I think it's a I think there's no way it's not a good show. I think there is like there are you, there are criticisms about it. As I said, as I've, I was explaining to someone earlier, like there are things that about Jill and uh, we didn't get onto all of them, but about yeah. Jill Holloway that kind of bug me. Yes, but they bug, she's super annoying. But they bug me in the same way that like. David Simon bugs me, yeah. and like it doesn't take away from the wire. Or, or actually, it came up uh, with Quentin Tarantino. It's like Quentin yeah. Tarantino is like a piece of shit, yeah. but it uh, doesn't take away from his movies anyway. Or it does, um, but you know that's refer up to back to our Bill Cosby episode for more thoughts on artist versus art. Right, right. <laughs> so, footnote: um, artist versus art. Um, all right, great. Well, thanks for joining me. Another uh, interesting episode of Art Beat, and thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, this has been the Beat on BFF.fm. We're here every Sunday, uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Plane. Too sensitive for this